Amen. So like I said, no series today. Just a one, just a one single message that I've entitled, The Least I'm Expecting. And it's coming from Luke chapter 17. And we'll, we'll just read it first and then we'll, we'll break it open a little bit. Luke 17 verse 11. And the NLT says, as Jesus continued onward toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance. Anybody ever seen The Walking Dead before? I've never seen it. Uh, you see movies with zombies and stuff like that. Yeah, these are, these are like real biblical zombies. That's exactly what they look like. 10 lepers, arms, legs falling off. Leprosy was a really big deal. Uh, it was a problem thing. Basically, you just, it's just disgusting. And in that day, it was a major uh, health crisis. Leprosy was highly contagious. And in all, in all honesty, like it, they look like zombies. And there's 10 of them. There's one, there's 10. The apocalypse, waiting for Jesus. So they're standing at a distance. They're crying out, Jesus. Jesus. If I was in the Bible, I'd be like, I don't know them. That ain't my name. My name is James. Are they talking to me? Sound like they said Jesus. Is that one of y'all Jesus? No, Jesus doesn't mind. Jesus, they say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, Jesus is not throwing shade, right? He's not like saying, uh, yeah, go show yourself to the priest. That's not what he's, that's not what he's saying. See, in those days, uh, all skin diseases uh, were kind of lumped into leprosy. And they had a process that the priests would view your skin diseases after you've been healed to let you know if you were healed. And so because when you had leprosy or you had illnesses like this, you couldn't go to church. You couldn't show up. I'm so glad that Jesus came and changed that. So no matter what illness you have, no matter what, I'm talking about a spiritual illness. I'm talking about an emotional illness. You shouldn't, that shouldn't keep you from coming from church. The doors of the church are always wide open. But in those days, if you had those things, you couldn't come. And so going to the priest meant you were healed. Showing yourself to the priest meant you had recovered. So Jesus, they're kind of being a little bit ambiguous saying, have mercy on us. They're not specifically saying, Jesus, heal us, but it's kind of implied. They don't really want to go all the way in, but they say, have mercy on us and hope maybe that could mean a bunch of different things. Anyway, Jesus wanted to bless them. They had some different expectations. And he says, go show yourself to the priest. He responds almost in the same way they asked, and it implies that. So if we go show ourselves to the priest, then what he's saying is that he's healing us. So the Bible says that as they go, as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. That's a pretty awesome experience, right? As they're walking, like things are starting to heal. They start probably picking up their pace, you know, maybe they're limping at first and you know, the things start growing back, and they start feeling better. They start walking towards the priest, and they, they start getting excited because they're looking at each other. Hey, my beard's growing back. My ear's growing back. Whatever it is, like they're starting to see themselves transform as they respond to in obedience to what Jesus said. They start walking towards the priest, and they start getting healed. 
Verse 15 says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back. They're all running, I'm sure at this point, right? Running to the priest, excited about healing is now flowing through our body. Something's changed. They're excited. One of them's running. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold up a second. He turns back. He fell to the ground. He came back shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The Bible throws some good details in here that he was a Samaritan. Now, if you read early in the text, you'll see that when this is at the border of Galilee and Samaria. This is at the border. But the Bible is giving this detail. I want you to know, Luke, the writer, said, I want you to know this, that he was a Samaritan. Which meant there was another layer of tension in the text. Basically saying, he was a Republican. You were a Democrat. No, don't, don't take that any further. I'm just, you're the blood. We're a crip. Like, this is, this had, there's, okay, somebody's like, okay, okay, I got that. Like, there's, there's a difference here. There's, a, there's, a, there's really a racial tension here because there was really strong racism between Samaritans and Jews. Like, that was a strong thing. Like, they would just go out of their way. Like, this was probably biblically on the east side. Okay. You know how people go out of their way to go around the east side. That, that's kind of what, what this was. But this man comes back, and he's a Samaritan. So if anybody should have came back, it should have been the Jewish guys. If anybody should have came back, it should have been those who went to academy. If anybody should have thanked God, it should have been those who grew up in the church. But no, this is the guy who didn't grow up in the church. This is the guy from the other side of the track. This is the guy who says, I'm coming back because I recognize something changed in my life. And Jesus begins to kind of spill his heart a little bit. Jesus says, didn't I heal Ten men. Are you, do you see just the swag Jesus has? I mean, I wish I could really explain it how, how, how he probably said it. You know, Jesus is like, didn't I heal ten people? He's throwing a little shade, right? A little clever. Where are the other nine? He's like, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five. I don't see him. I just see one. Just one person. Has no one returned to give God glory except for this foreigner. Now, Jesus is not throwing shade on him. He's simply highlighting the context. That as I look around, there was 10 people who were asking me for help last week, and now only one came to church. 10 people were praying, Lord, save me, and then next week, only one of them showed up. 10 people who know what's right, who know where to find me, who know what I'm capable of, they just kept pushing because it was more important for their social status to be increased. It was more important for them to get back to the status they were in than to take the time to come back and thank God. And Jesus says to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. See, I want to talk about expectations today. I want to talk about expectations. Now, I read this article. I was looking up. I kind of stumbled on this article as I was preparing for this. And this was like a legit article. I should have showed you. It was some psychology, psychology Today. Is that a legit source? Okay. 
There's an article from this PhD from, from London who pretty much said ha- the key to happiness is lowering your expectations. I'm dead serious. He said the key to happiness is lowering your expectations so that if you have low expectations, you won't be disappointed that often. That's a whole article about this. And see, you got to understand, I read this the day after Thanksgiving. And I knew this wasn't an article for me. Now, let me tell you why. Because, so I'm just going to be honest with you. Can I just have a transparent moment here? I am, I'm like a Thanksgiving snob. I'm really funny about Thanksgiving, okay? I have a lot of expectations about Thanksgiving. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you, um, you invite me, I might come. I'm just going to be honest with you. I might come on Thanksgiving. I might. Nine times out of ten, I either have already eaten or I'm going to eat again. Now, let's just, okay, let's just make everybody human in here. Because I have some certain expectations about certain things. Thanksgiving's once a year, okay? And it's, it's, to me, it's, I'm sentimental about stuff, okay? And it's, I have memories and I have joy attached to holidays. That's how I am. I'm sentimental. So it's important, it's crucial for me not to have a bad Thanksgiving because that will burn in my memory. Is anybody else with me okay? So there's a couple dishes. I just have some expectations about. I, I don't know if that's just me. Okay, okay, so let's. Thanksgiving is not a time to be experimenting. Okay, can, it's not time for the Food Network recipe. It's not time. That's No, that's not the time. Okay. I don't want raisins and a macaroni and cheese. I, I just can't. I can't do it. I, I remember. I remember. My love for my wife went to the next level. I never forget this. We were in seminary. We had moved away from family, and we were all out there in the middle of Michigan by ourselves on Thanksgiving. I was getting nervous because normally we went to you know mom's house, or we went to mom's house, my mom's house for Thanksgiving. And I remember this Thanksgiving. It was like, it was so crazy because I remember my wife just casually got up and just hooked up the best Thanksgiving I had ever had. I mean, it was off the chain. Everything was beautiful. And so we gonna, I was like, we're going to be all right. This, this woman hooked this thing up. So I'm saying my ex, I got some expectations. So, so there's a tension in here, and it has to do with it. I want to talk about expectations because I think this might help somebody. So I'm going to try to teach this as best as I can because I think there's, there's an intersection with our faith and our gratitude, and it's around expectations. It's around expectations. I think it affects our relationships. I think it affects our, our, our relationship with God, but especially with people and, it ha- and with ourselves. It has to do with expectations. So there are some things that we would consider, we'll use this box, as very small things. Little things, right? When I go to McDonald's and I say, 
no salt on my fries. Kind of small. But there's an expectation that there's no salt. Because you only got about 30 seconds to eat McDonald's. Because <laughs> it's going to be ice cold. You got about 30 seconds. It goes from extremely hot fries. I don't know how they do that. Scolding, burning hot fries to ice cold as soon as I get home. I can't figure that out. But small thing, right? Fries, McDonald's. And then you got big things. Like Thanksgiving, for example. Big things, right? So these are like expectations. You have very small things, and there's big things, right? Marriage. Where I'm going to go to church. How my kids are going to behave when we go in the store. Anybody grew up in a black family? Okay, just, okay, anyway. It was always a speech that came before he walked in any store. So, big things. Now, here's, here's what I know. We can have very high expectations, and we can have very low expectations. Right? Very low expectations and very high expectations. Here's what can happen. We can have very high expectations about really small things. Anybody know anybody like that? Just point to yourself. Very high, very high expectations about things. Kind of small. And we can have very low expectations about things that are very big. Now, I'm not going to walk down the marriage lane, mm. but I might just make some observations that in romantic relationships, these things can be like this, where there's very high expectations about things that may be very, very small, right? And there's very low expectations about things that are very big. Tension in the relationship. It comes around with parents, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe this is too much for them. Like I grew up, I don't think I ever was asked what I was supposed to, what I wanted for dinner. Like I just, did anybody grow up like that? I didn't. Nobody ever, my mom never asked me, what you want for dinner? Never happened, right? Like, I grew up in the Midwest, like, you eat everything. You don't say a mumbling word. You clean the plate, and you better not complain. But it's a little different now, right? It's like, Dad, Mom, I want this, and we're scrambling to find this. Very, but, but, but these things, right, little small things, big deal. Now, I don't know if this is better or not. I don't know. I don't really don't know if this is better. I tried to think it through. I figured something you can think about later. I don't know if this is even, even good either. I don't know if it's good to just have low expectations about low things or high expectations 
about big things. I don't know. Because sometimes you could come to church, right, and you could expect something really big. Or you could go on a date and you could expect all of these things. And when it doesn't happen, when it doesn't meet the standard, we can be like, oh, I'm going to throw that away. But maybe there's something. And here's, here's maybe the worst. Just I'm, I'm just, somebody's preaching my sermon already. Uh-oh. No expectations. Just life just, just carrying on. And I, I made some observations in the text that I think will help us if we look at them a little bit carefully. Because there comes a point where I believe God is very clear about some ex- expectations that he has of us. And what I see in the tension of the, the nine that left and didn't come back and the one that came back has to do with their view of expectations. Can we go back to the text and walk this through? Okay, won't take too much time, but I think you might see it. So Jesus, here's a couple observations. Okay, Jesus is walking towards Jerusalem and he reaches the border between Galilee and Samaria, right? We've always kind of mentioned what the, what the thing was around Samaria. There's some issues there. And here's a town there, and they get to the town, and there's 10 men with leprosy standing at a distance. Now, they probably understood that their leprosy was a big deal, right? So they probably understood, man, we got an issue here, guys. Uh, we got leprosy, and we need to deal with it. <laughs> and they hear about Jesus, right? And they, they find out that Jesus is coming. I don't know how they found out, but Jesus is on his way. And I don't know where the expectations were, but they had some expectations, right? They thought maybe Jesus could heal us. Maybe this big situation that we have, Jesus can do something about it. So they, they huddle up and they say, all right, let's cry out to him and ask him to have mercy on us. We're not going to go too close, but we're going to be just far enough so he can see us and that we can shout to him. We're going we're gonna to give it our best, right? We understand there's some things that we couldn't get close to. You know, we got to be careful, but let's shout out and see what happens. So then, verse 14, this is what's really good here. He looked at them. Okay. Now, you could almost walk over that. Jesus notices 10 people with leprosy shouting out to him, and he takes the time to look at them. I can guarantee somewhere in your life there are 10 lepers, 10 problems, 10 diseased areas of your life shouting out at the top of their lungs, and you're not looking at them. You're not paying attention. You're walking the other direction. You're acting like I don't see it. But Jesus says, this is a big problem, and I'm going to deal with it. Now, it could be a big problem to them. It's not really a big problem to Jesus because Jesus don't got leprosy. They got leprosy, not him. So it, for him, it could be a little deal. But no, not for them. It's a big deal. And Jesus takes the time to stop and look. Now, this is important because Jesus 
was on his way somewhere. That's what the Bible says. Jesus is heading somewhere, and Jesus stops to look at them, to pay attention to it, to find out. Might be a big deal to them. Might be a little deal to me. Let's see what their expectations are. So Jesus says, okay, now go show yourself to the priest. Jesus is playing a little mind game here. I like that. He's saying, okay, if this is a big deal to you, and you've got big expectations of how I can heal you, let me see you do something about it. If you got expectations that are high, so let me see you see your faith in action and start walking towards the priest. Now they catch it. They say, okay, we got a big problem. We, we say, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. They're not specific. Jesus isn't specific. But at least the chances are something good might happen. Maybe the priest got some clothes. Maybe he hooked them up. Maybe he put in a good word. for they, they just, Let's go. Let's just see what happens. So as they go, their leprosy is cleansed. We saw that. But then one of them returns back and runs to Jesus. Here's what, here's what tripped me out. Now listen to Jesus in verse 17. He's shouting. He's thanking God. He's responding because he had a big issue, right? And now the issue's been removed. He's going back to thank God and listen to the voice of Jesus. Didn't I heal ten men? Listen to the question. Where are the other nine? What do you hear in that? Jesus had some expectations. Jesus is expecting them all to come back. He's putting it out there. Wait, wait a minute. Where are the other nine? I don't know if his feelings are hurt. I don't know. But Jesus is making a point. Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this one foreigner? What happened? Here, here's, here's, here's what I think. I think that they had a big issue when they were on the border. They had a big issue. <clears throat> And then they were shouting out, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help us. And then he says, all right, start walking. And as they started walking, they were getting better. And then their issue got a little smaller. And as they kept walking, they didn't have an issue. Right? And their perspective of the issue shrunk. That it not only had the issue gone away, but they had really forgotten how big of an issue it was. But Jesus' expectation was not based on where they ended up, but where they started. So Jesus still remembers this was a big issue. But they have gone so far and have recovered so well that they have forgotten all about their big issue. So my question was, what are some things in your life that were a big deal before 
but now they're small. Because the gratitude was connected to the size of the issue. There's a tension between that. Remember I told you? Of gratitude, expectation. So sometimes we forget how big of an issue and how much we needed God. And we start moving along to things get better. And we forget to stop and go back and remember that Jesus healed me. God turned me around. God was involved. How can I not stop and return back and give him the praise? When you start forgetting the things that God has done for you that were big deals, then you get a little funny about expectations. Because I've been in churches where there's people who had high expectations about little things. Wow, you still wearing that? You still eating that? You still going there? Uh, You forgot, bruh. You used to be a crackhead. No, you used to be Cardi B, like you used to be in Umatilla, right? <laughs> now, let's, let's, let's be honest here, like, don't, don't start getting so healed that you don't recognize that you're just as much as a hot mess. You were just on the border of Galilee and Samaria, screaming for your life, and you done forgot that the, that the thing got moved away, and now... You're doing better. And we forgot to turn around and go back. Here's what I want to tell you. There's something about having high expectations of God. I believe it's interchangeable. I think what we are believing God for, we should thank God for. I believe what we are praying and asking God for, we should be able to pour out more for him. That he deserves every single praise from our lips for how good he's been to us. For the boulders he's removed out of our lives. That we don't even have to worry about anymore. And there's a sensitivity that comes when you remember this. When you remember what you've been through, when you remember how bad it hurts you, when you remember when you were down in that season, because there's somebody else that's standing on the side of the road shouting for mercy. And if we're not careful, we won't look. I wish they'd get their act together. And God's saying, you're the, you're the, can we come back to this? Can we come back to this? You forgot to thank me. For the recovery that you prayed for. You forgot to thank me for the bill that you couldn't pay. You forgot to thank me for the difficult pregnancy. You forgot to thank me for the times I sent people to you that loved you through it and worked you through it. Don't forget about me. And here's what I love about the story. The man who's the leper who decides, wait a minute, I need to go back and thank this man. Because I haven't forgot about how big of an issue is it is is. Because I don't have the issue anymore. I haven't forgot about this. But what I can do is recognize when somebody else has it. And here's what I love about it. Because the Bible says he came running back and found Jesus. Which means Jesus was still there. Now, you remember he was going somewhere, right? But he ran back and found Jesus as if Jesus was waiting. 
See, Jesus is always where you left him. He's always where you left him. He's never hard to find. You might have left him back in 2020 or 2002. You might have left him back before the divorce. You might have left him back there, but Jesus, I'm still waiting. Jesus is willing to be found. He says, I come back, and I love what Jesus does. He says, I just want to make some observations, and I just want to affirm you, Mr. Samaritan, that there's some people who forgot about me, but I'm so grateful that you came back to give God the praise. I'm so thankful that something inside of you sparked you to say, you know what? I need to go back, and I need to find Jesus, and I need to say thank you. Can I just encourage you? There might be some things in your life that you're living in this tension, maybe with someone in your life, that you're saying, I'm expecting so much more out of you, and you've disappointed me over and over again, and now I've gotten to the point where I don't expect anything from you. I've gotten to the point where I've just said, this is just the kind of man you're going to be. And I'm just going to settle in that. I've gotten to the point where I've said, well, I'm just going to be alone, right? Nobody's ever going to love me. Nobody. I just got to the point where I give up. This is never going to change. I just give up. And God is saying, wait a minute. Don't lower your expectations too much. Don't get warped about what kind of issue this is. This is actually a bigger issue than you think. And if you just stop to look at it, I guarantee you, you'll see it in a different way from me. And there are some things that God says, bring your expectations to me. Give me those dreams. Give me those things that you've forgotten to pray about. Give me those things you've given up on years ago. And I'm telling you, the power that I have can deal with those issues in a way that you've never seen before. I can bring deliverance and victory and recovery to things that you buried a long time ago. Don't give up on it yet. Just give it to me. What I realized is I've got some things that I need to thank God about. I got some things I forgot to go back. Say, you know what? I forgot about how big of an issue that was for me. I forgot about how I used to sweat over $600 a month. I forgot how it felt to get through high school and then get through college I felt, I forgot about that struggle. And if God got me through this, he can get me through this. And there's some times I just need to stop what I'm doing and lift my hands and say, God, I'm grateful. Thank you so much. Fall at his feet and say, God, thank you so much for what you've done for me. I didn't deserve it. And I wonder what happened if we came next week with that attitude. If we came next week, you know what? I got one mission. I'm coming to give God praise. I'm going to write a list this week of every single thing that God has delivered me from, and I've got a praise on my lips. I'm going to come back with a praise. This is going to be my coming back year. And you do understand theologically that all coming back means is repenting. Repenting just simply means turn the other direction and go back. And if you felt like you're far away from Jesus, if you felt like the Jesus that you knew about or heard about, you're not connected with, I want to promise you that Jesus is right here waiting for you to come back. And so this was like a, 
a philosophical, just drop a question on the congregation. This is not like, you know, a series where I can really flesh this out. But I just wonder today if maybe you need to reorient some things in your life. Maybe if there's some things in your life that you say, you know what? I've forgotten about. Or I'm ignoring. Or maybe I'm putting a little too pressure on this, too much pressure on this person to do this. Maybe my expectations are out of way. And maybe we start asking the question, Jesus, what are you expecting of me? Some of us are afraid that God has so many high expectations. This is what I like about the story. Like, they had to walk to get healed. It wasn't like, oh, like right instantly. Sometimes Jesus does that. It's a process. And sometimes God is inviting you in a process that as you walk forward, healing comes. It's not overnight. And your expectation is, well, God, it didn't happen today. You didn't prevent me from doing it, so you don't want to heal me. No, just maybe it's a process. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe removing too many things at one time would actually be detrimental to you. God has it all figured out. I don't. That's the good news. I don't have it figured out, but God does. And today I want to pray for you as we end our service today, just to, just to give God an opportunity to hear your gratefulness. Give God an opportunity to have another discussion, to do a follow-up with you on some of the things that maybe you've moved past, some of the things maybe you've forgotten about. Some of the things you've just given off. Maybe the people you've written off and you said, this is never going to change. But I'm grateful for the way Jesus responded to these 10 lepers. I'm grateful that even though they didn't come back, that Jesus didn't run after them and reverse the curse on them or criticize them. But he's just loving and he's just gracious and he's just grateful for one person who would come back and say thank you. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what your situation is, but I do want to pray a prayer that invites you to just get in the flow today. For you, maybe you just need to get started. Maybe you just need to say, I'm going to go back and just recommit myself week by week to come into church. Maybe you just need to get baptized. Maybe you're saying, man, I, I, I just need to do this. I've been thinking about it all year or for a couple years, and I haven't done it. Maybe you just need to get involved. Maybe you have not been serving on a team. Maybe you have not returned back and given others what you were given. Maybe you need to be invitational. Maybe you need to tell some people about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing here. Maybe you need to get generous. Generous with your giving. Generous with your praise. Generous with your time. This is all about giving back to Jesus who's given us so much. Because the Bible says he's given us the opportunity to have eternal life by his sacrifice. So I want to pray today just an overarching prayer. And as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If any of those steps I mentioned are one of those things that you want to make a step towards, you be so bold as just slip your hand in the air. If that was you, you made a decision today. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for the patience of Jesus. Thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity to check ourselves today and reassess and analyze some of the things in our life that may be out of order. And thank you for reminding us to come back, to come back and to thank you for all the things that you have done. And Lord, we're grateful that you have heard our decisions, whatever they are, whatever our next steps are after this day, and that, Lord, you will respond to them 
even if they were ambiguous, even if they didn't have a lot of detail, even if we just said, Lord, we're going to start. Lord, I'm thankful that you're willing to, to exceed our expectations and to bring us the healing and deliverance and the things that we need. Lord, bless every person here today. Bless every hand that was raised. And Lord, we're grateful for many of those today who have made a decision to love you for the first time. And this is what we pray in the name of the healer, in the name of the redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those decisions that were made today.